It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Carson Ray. Hey everybody, great day to talk about X-Wing. And John McDermott. Hello, hello. And we've got some really big news to talk about this week. It's, uh, you know, it's been part of a, a big campaign we've been pushing to the people over at Disney, but finally, we have Carson as an official character in the Star Wars universe. Carson, how do you feel about this? Uh, well, this is great. You know, representation in Star Wars has always been a challenge. And, you know, it's really <laughs> good to have a character that you can identify with. Um, and so, you know, for me as a white male, there just hasn't been enough uh, Star Wars <laughs> characters for me to identify with. Uh, but finally, one has my name. Uh, so that's great. <laughs> now I finally feel like I have a place in the Star Wars. Uh, anyone you'd like to thank for this this great honor of having your name featured in Star Wars? No, but I've just been really been craving a lot of eggs this week. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, we just we just saw this past week in the wrap up the Coruscant Invitational Galactic Championship, uh, uh, which Carson played in. So we'll get to find out about Carson's experience there. Uh, but we ha- we have a new champion for the X Wing community. Um, so lots of great stuff coming out of this event that we get to talk about. Spoilers, uh, not the champion. <laughs> You'll always be a champion to us, Carson. You'll always be the national champion. <laughs> Maybe forever. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> All right, so this past weekend was the, as I said before, just a couple seconds ago, course on Invitational Galactic Championship. Uh, this event, of course, brought to you by the fine folks over at the Gold Squadron podcast and Fly Better podcast. Yeah, I mean, of course, just want to give everyone a shout out who made these events happen, uh, particularly Dion Morales. Like, I mean, it's just been amazing to be able to still have uh, premier X-Wing events uh, at a time where, you know, we're not able to gather in person and that sucks. But being able to have this uh, Galactic Series um, has been awesome. And, you know, I think community worldwide has really appreciated it don't forget to thank all the the fine reliable judges there like people like vic yang who showed up to uh, really support this event yeah absolutely i mean it, it took a lot of people to make this happen um and it also took a lot of participants um you know to make this happen too so like shout out to everyone who made this happen like i personally very much appreciated it I think the best part for us, though, in the podcast community is that we finally have uh, a, another real big event here where we can talk about how the X-Wing meta is shaping up in these very strange, unprecedented times. Um, but we have a new champion now, so huge congratulations to Charlie Kluta. Uh, Charlie uh, took this event. There was a, a pretty big field of people who had to qualify to get in there, so I'm sure this was not an easy feat at all. Uh, no, I mean, just from my experience, like the Swiss felt brutal, like every round felt like you're playing in a cut because these are all people that, you know, made it to a cut uh, in one of these galaxy tournaments. Um, yeah. And Charlie uh, flying a great list. He's got Captain Faroff with Ruthless, Admiral Sloan and Hull Upgrade. And then five Sinar Specialists with Dorsal Turrets. Those are those TIE Aggressors. Uh, which I guess happened to be just like the bane of my existence, this this <laughs> meta, but that's fine. 
John, as our resident uh, Empire expert, are you surprised to see the Sinar Specialist be in this top list, like this final list? You know what? I was just going to make a comment about how this ship that's probably nearest and dearest to my heart, to all the haters out there that said it was bad, (laughs) here's five of them that won this event, so y'all can get wrecked, because it's here to stay, (laughs) and it's pretty good. That might be an overstatement. I think the the ship is pretty good, I think, in this build specifically with Sloan. No, it's not an overstatement. Like, this ship is perfect. Like, 28 points, you have a 5 hit point, 2 agility ship. Like, that's pretty good survivability for 28 oh, hit points. Now, now your tune is changing. Okay. Fairweather <laughs> fan Carson over here. Carson, you and I, I believe, did talk a lot of crap about this ship in the past. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. But you know what? When you lose a decent amount of times to these guys, uh, your opinion changes. Like they are not trivial to burn down and like have pretty good offense. Like, yes, they're only really throwing two attack dice or three at range one, but like with that dorsal turret, like they're covering a lot of space. And so they all get to shoot. And when you have five of these, uh, that adds up pretty quickly Obviously, when you you get those Sloan triggers when they're stressed, like they get a lot of modification. Um, but when they just get to you know focus, like all those two attack dash shots really do add up. Well, I, I think too, you know, having the dorsal turret arc, so being able to have basically arcs everywhere does really let you leverage that Sloan ability and get those rerolls whenever uh, one of those ships get destroyed. I they are kind of in that perfect spot too with five hit points, where it's like they're just sturdy enough that they won't melt right away, but you, they're weak enough that you can actually lose one of them to trigger that first part of the Sloan ability and throw those stress out. So they're like ready to go as soon as one dies, but it's probably going to take two or three shots for it to go down. Right. I mean, playing against this list is just like a resource fight. Um, You know, if you ever do destroy one of these ships, then you're getting double stress with Sloan. And they just have a like a high volume of firepower that's just going to kind of cut through everything. Obviously, Captain Faroff pilot ability also makes um, your limited resources very difficult because if you don't have any green tokens, uh, then that ability to just convert any result to an evade on defense uh, means that Sloan Carrier gets to stay around quite a long time. Um, this is like by far my favorite Sloan list. I mean, Philip, our Polish champion, I think kind of built this squad, and we've seen it be very popular um, throughout this Galaxy series. And big shout out to Charlie, who flew it very well. Yeah, good job, Charlie. Of course, we can't forget our finalist, though, Fond Longolin, who came with a probably less surprising list, I think is pretty safe to say here, but still... A huge performance from Fawn. Fawn was running uh, five of the bugs. So we had five Stalgeson Hive Guards with Crackshot. And then that sixth ship is a Techno Union Bomber with no upgrades. Yeah, it's interesting because Fawn could have taken uh, six of those Hive Guards um, without any upgrades. But I think, you know, when you're used to playing um, these Nantexes with all those sweet bullseye talents, you you probably get used to that and and really value that. Um, And so you'd rather have uh, five of them with crack shot and just a techno union bomber. Also, I mean, huge shout out to Fawn. I mean, it. I don't think anyone's had as successful of an X-wing year as Fawn has had. You know, he's won two of these galaxy events and then took second at the um, Galactic Championship. Like that's amazing. Like incredibly impressive performance. Yeah, huge shout out to Charlie and Fawn for, I mean, just a fantastic performance. 
though we have to get to the the real story here carson was your experience well, one more thing i guess is like if you didn't watch this final like this was a very good final match um i'd go back and watch that um from gold squadron like this was a very exciting final like i mean two swarm lists just clashing head to head and they were they were trading back and forth uh, a very close game, very well flown by both players, and it, it was very entertaining. All right, now we can talk about me. You wanted to talk about me now? <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's the the real story we have here is uh, Carson's performance here. So, Carson, where did you? What were you flying, and where did you end up? Um. Okay, so I flew uh, Resistance. Big surprise. Flew Ray, ZZ, and Lulo. Uh, kind of the same thing I've been flying, except that I. Um, put starboard slash on ZZ instead of um, crack shot. So I had Ray with Rose, uh, Corsella, Finn, Cybernetics, whole upgrade, and that Falcon title. And then I had ZZ with Heroic, starboard slash, and Optics, and then Lulo with Heroic and Lone Wolf. Um, fun squad. Uh, it was fun to try out that starboard slash. Yeah, how many times did that end up triggering for you? You know, it's not the most impressive, but it also only costs <laughs> one point, which is kind of the same thing you can say about heroic, right? Like sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's eh, um, but it costs one point. So I don't feel too bad. Um, I think it was really meaningful, like once out of my six games, which also feels about the same as like heroic. Right. So it's fine. What I really want to know is how happy were you to fly Lulo again? Oh, so happy. Uh, very fun. It's just it's just always good. Um, you know, sometimes it gets destroyed and that's all right. I mean, like I lost to Bartosh, who's flying five A wings, and you know, he got Lulo uh pretty great. Um uh, took took Lulo down and and Ray and ZZ uh were not able to close that one out. Yeah, I mean you're you're kind of playing a dangerous game, right? Where your your A wings, if they get caught off guard, they'll fall apart pretty quickly, and you don't have a lot of tools to dig your way back. Uh, yeah, it's the most dangerous game when A wings are being hunted by A wings, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, do you feel like Carson, you performing pretty well with Lulo might eventually just mean Lulo gets another point increase later on? I mean, nothing would make me prouder. <laughs> That'd be your greatest. Let's get Lulo up to 50. We need. We can do it. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> That's going to be our goal as a podcast. Um, yeah. And then um, I guess my other loss uh, played against Sebastian um, Nunez del Arco. Uh, flying a, another Sloan Aggressor Swarm. Same list. Uh, you know, it's a great list and pretty great against the resistance when all my ships like being stressed. That's what they want to do. <laughs> right. So it's like, hey, here have some free offensive rerolls because I'm not going to not stress myself. Yeah, you are definitely with contraband and then the two A-wings, you are definitely not set up to handle Sloan, right? Yeah, and Sebastian did a great job blocking Ray um, onto a rock in front of all of his aggressors. You know, good stuff like that. That You don't quite make cut when you get to do that. Um. But, you know, still finished uh, four and two. Um, had a great Ray Wing mirror match against Matt Carey, um, who's also had just a great um, Galaxies run um, this summer fall. You know, it's, it's fun to get to play against other um, resistance players, have those mirror matches. And that, that was a fun game. And luckily, I got lucky and won, and won that mirror. But 
Um, you know, overall, it's just great to be able to play in these events and play against like all these great players. It's just a lot of fun. You know, you don't have to make cut every time. It's just it's just great to play good games. You know, it's a good game because you don't always you don't always come out on top. You get to learn something new, get some defeats uh, and grow. So that's awesome. All right, so I think we should, a good thing would be probably go through the top 32 here. We're not going to do it totally uh, exhaustively. Um, we don't want to read every list here. That would just take too long on its own. Right, so we'll do that's kind what of Andy an- Myers is for. <laughs> We've got here to read it ASMR style. Um, check out the next episode of his shop podcast, I'm sure. Um, wouldn't it be great if he just like did our podcast verbatim, but like speaking softly? No, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to listen to us <laughs> twice. Maybe that'll be our holiday special this year. Um, but we're going to do kind of a guided tour here through the top 32 uh, in each faction just to see what's in the game right now. So let's start off with uh, Scum and Villainy, which had seven lists in the top 32 here, which is, I mean, a little bit surprising. There was a couple uh, Boba Nim lists. There's a Boba Dengar list. Boba's, I mean, there's a lot of ships right now, so the ship count can be pretty high in these lists. So Boba, obviously pretty good. Right. I mean, I think what was surprising about Scum here was there was a decent amount of non-Boba Fett lists that also made the cut. Yes. Um, I mean, particularly standout, um, Sen Young or XY flying uh, Dre and Seek Swarm. We got Dre Renthal um, with Swarm Tactics, Dorsal Turret Shield Upgrade, and then um, five cartel spacers, all with kind of <laughs> pretty different cannons. We got some tractor yeah. beams, some auto blasters, and one with a heavy laser. Um, like that's that's pretty crazy. We really haven't seen Drea do well in quite a while. I mean, she's gone up in points, uh, but XY still making it happen, which is awesome. Yeah, and I mean, uh, XY wasn't the only one there running six. We also had a list with uh, four six and two fangs. So I I feel like we'll see a common thread here where like the efficiency lists of like five to six ships seem to be doing pretty good right now and meta just across all factions. And of course, we have to give a shout out to Banesh Gillen making that cut with two aggressors, IG88B and IG88D. Um, always happy to see the aggressors doing well. And Benish has been doing pretty awesome with these dual aggressors throughout this galaxy series, making the cut. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, shout out to scum. A lot of cool lists there. I feel like, uh, dual aggressors isn't a pretty good spot where like, I feel like they're just under the radar enough where they don't get hit by any points increases now, but they tend to pop up every once in a while doing pretty good. Well, and with um, Nantexes being hard-pressed to spam that initiative four, um, I think they're in a much better spot moving forward. Um, that initiative four spot was pretty competitive for a while with some pretty deep bids. And now that the aggressors, you know, they get to play pretty freely in that initiative four space. And I do finally want to give a quick shout-out to, to Nicholas God, who uh, made, made it into the cut with uh, Tarani Kulda, Torkoal Mux, Captain Jostero, and Black Sun Enforcer, which is kind of out of left field for me. Um, but that's pretty sweet, just getting Jostero in there. Oh, absolutely. All right, moving down the line, let's go look at the First Order. So the First Order had six lists represented here. Um, a lot of TIE Fighters, not surprisingly, because that's most of their faction, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, we've noticed this before, but definitely that um, new shuttle for the First Order um, has been making waves. You know, we have uh, Tim King flying a Commander Malrus uh, with uh, also Gideon Hask 
Uh, and then four Zeta Squadron members, two survivors, and two pilots. So I get a mix of FOs and SFs there. Also seeing the new Z-Class shuttle there with uh, Gideon Hask. Um, sweet ability, too, while you or a friendly small ship at range 0 to 2 perform a primary attack against a damage defender. If the attacker rolled two or fewer attack dice, it may gain one strain token to roll one additional attack die here. So if you can get some damage out here, you could be rolling some pretty spicy attacks. And I, I feel like a strain is not a huge cost for these ships, especially for the SFs, where they already have so many hit points where one less die, one defense roll is not a big deal. Yeah, and I think the Z-Class shuttles are really doing, um, for the First Order, what the Sloan Swarms are doing for the Empire. They're giving uh, these generic First Order ships some nice kind of a uh, little offensive modification, right? Yeah, and all you need is a little boost, right? So, like, just the one reroll you get from Sloan or, like, the one extra die here you get from Gideon, um, that's all it takes to really increase the value you get for those TIE Fighters, where they're already so dirt cheap. It's such a good value for the FOs and the SFs at the lower initiative that getting that extra attack die just boosts that value to an insane degree. Yeah, looking over the rest of the First Order, we got a hollow TIE Swarm and... Um, hollow and three silencers you know hollow is great and you know when you pair that with the efficiency the first order brings uh it's all good stuff yeah there's a lot of mixes here where it's ace plus a little cluster a uh, little swarm of ships too we see that with uh kylo and a tie swarm i also wanted to give a special shout out to minnesota player daniel walknick who made top 16 uh with his kylo tie swarm so i like this one a lot because it's kylo ren with instinctive aim advanced optics and ion torpedoes um, and then four of the Epsilon Squadron cadets, all with the new automated target priority, which is pretty fun. So collecting those calculate tokens on misses, right? Right. I mean, I'm a big fan of advanced optics on Kylo. That just works great, you know, using the focus and then force. Like you get a lot of great offensive modification there. Um, and automated target priority, you know, you limit your options in your choices. But wow, do you get some pretty great modification with that? And the, the Kylo instinctive aim optics plus torpedo thing is pretty gross. When I played Daniel at uh, the last tour championship we had in Minnesota many, many months ago, um, that thing caught me off guard the first time we played where Kylo rolls up with just a focus and no target lock, just ready to unload on you. And that would hurt pretty bad if it's an ion torpedo and you just get screwed the next turn. Yep. Uh, awesome stuff from the first order here. Uh, clearly, faction's doing great. They got a lot of good options. Yeah, I feel safe. They're in a they're in a strong spot. But on the other hand, so is the Empire. So we had uh, six lists coming in for the Empire. Um, we have some swarm stuff here. We also have a lot more ace stuff here, obviously, because that's kind of the Empire's bread and butter. Um, Sloan, obviously, a big part of this. So we had, of course, the Farrah aggressor list that we talked about that the champion flew. We also had a rack and three I one interceptor lists also running S Sloan. But then we see a lot of ace stuff from the other other lists in the uh in the event right i mean we have whisper vader soon tier vader whisper seventh sister we have a soon tier latan onyx and fifth brother squad uh and then of course we have one of my x-wing nemeses doug howe <laughs> flying soon tier whisper and seventh sister uh doug just always doing well with these ace lists no surprise to see him in the cut here can we talk about too the uh, low key supernatural reflexes on Seventh Sister? That's yeah. kind of that's pretty great. That is a non low key flex by Doug there. <laughs> 
he throws it on I four. He knows he's a better pilot than you, so no big deal. Just gonna just gonna call all your moves. Right. I mean, so yeah, great stuff there. Overall, the Empire kind of tale of two stories. We got all these great ace options, and then of course, um, Admiral Sloan making all their generics look good as well. Yeah, it it seems like the metagame right now kind of is is swinging more to the extreme. So either you see the you know multi ship efficiency stuff with the Sloan swarms, or even with the the bugs over on the separatist side, and then on the other end we start to see a lot more AC stuff where it's um you know either the Imperial aces or some A wings. We'll talk about here in a little bit, but those kind of seem we're, we're kind of on the extreme ends right now in the meta. I mean, at least with Empire and First Order, that's definitely the case. Little bit of representation from Rebels here. So uh, three very, very different lists, I'd say. Um, highest ship count, we had a couple of the AP5 plus four Kashik Defenders. Yeah, I mean, that's a great list. Definitely gave me one of my losses within this Galaxy series. This one's kind of going for uh, a lot more of that straight efficiency where you've got wide firing arcs, lots of attack dice, and you've got AP5 there to support with some coordinates. Right, and then we also see the other thing that the Rebel Faction's doing well, which is bringing these large base ships that are great. I mean, we have a Wedge, Han Solo, and Jake Farrell list, and also a Dash Hera list. Um, you know, those large base ships paired with some of those um, good smaller ships or just pack in two large base ships with Rebels. Um, both great strategies. Yeah, again, we, we don't see a lot of representation here from Rebels, but it's still meaningful that they got four out of the top 32, so I think that's pretty noticeable. I was kind of surprised, actually, over on the Separatist side that we only had two Separatist lists show up, and only one of them was a, a Bug Swarm. Right. Well, of course, you know, we had Fawn, the, um, I guess you could definitely say best Nantex player, for yep. sure. <laughs> Um, and then we also have a droid swarm, some bombers, some drones, more of your classic separatist lists. Uh, I mean, separatists definitely took a big hit with that uh, November points update, losing all their great um, Nantex competitive pointness. But, you know, nice to see Nantex still doing well. You know, it's still a viable option, just not as crazy efficient as it was before. And of course, that droid swarm, like it's still it's still very good. Um, I and mean, there's definitely still more of those in the field. Like it's still a good option, of course. Yeah, I'm I'm still terrified of grappling struts, so and you should be too. Yeah, and of course separatists have a lot more stuff um coming out soon. You know, we just got the um gunship and we're getting the tri fighter soon, plus um Django Fett's fire spray. So a lot more stuff coming for the separatists. So yeah, we only have two in the cut right now, but I think separatists are still in an okay spot. Yeah, things are looking good in the future for them. All right, Carson, let's get down to uh, your favorite here. So we had the Resistance, which had very strong representation. Seven lists in the top 32 here. Um, and, and one of them wasn't you, so you can't even take credit for that. It was seven other players doing well with Resistance. And you did pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, you know, four and two, a little outside the cut. But um What's great is, you know, Resistance has been kind of carried on Ray um, through these Galaxy events. But, you know, Heralds of Hope did a lot for the Resistance. And, you know, we really only actually had one Ray Wing list uh, make the cut. The rest was all either a bunch of A-Wings or some other new stuff. So, 
Uh, we had two five A wing lists, and also kind of surprising, um, some four A wing lists. Yeah, you know Marcel Manzano was flying one of those. Uh, shout out to him making top four with three initiative five A wings, and then uh, Merrill Coben. I have to say, Merrill seemed to be like the standout new pilot for the Resistance. Uh, very effective, you know, getting that um, a reduced agility. Um, that means a lot for those A-Wings that all have those two attack dice, you know, when you can lower that target's agility um, in a pretty meaningful way with that ability. It's it's not that hard to set that up. Um, we're seeing a lot of players capitalize on that. Well, and yeah, and having Intimidation on there too in Marcel's list just means, oh man, you're going to put out some serious damage if you get Merle in the right spot. Right. I mean, it's pretty scary to play against that. You know, it's like Meryl's coming at you and <laughs> <laughs> you got to And if you point your arc at him, you might land in, um, you might get your bullseye on him and, th- and that's no good. Um, Man, that's end game right there. You're done. Um, yeah. So it's like, it's the mix right now. So I'm, I'm not sure what, I mean, do you think Carson, do you think five A wings is the way to go or do you go with the more elite four A wing list? I mean, I, I'm like very happy that both seem to be equally viable. Uh, I think it's kind of insane that these four ewing lists have like a 12 point bid. Like they ran out of stuff to spend points on. <laughs> um, and, and like also it feels like a real testament to starboard slash because yes, it only costs one point, but when you have 12 extra points to spend and you're still choosing to like spend one point on this talent instead of some other talents, like, like that means something, right? Yeah. That that means people see the value in that upgrade for sure. Yeah, on my list with only one starboard slash, like I didn't get to trigger that ability that often. Uh, but when you have a bunch of A wings with starboard slash, like I think that that becomes a lot more common that you get to um, trigger that ability and make it meaningful. Uh, and we're seeing these five A wing lists, these four A wing lists, like really um, utilize uh, these one point talents, starboard slash and heroic. Rest of the resistance fell out though. More A wings with a uh, two A wing, two X wing list. Um, X, I mean T seventy X wings still also very strong. Um, and then we had a nice fun mix showing. Uh, so it was uh, just Pava with Kaz, Bastion, Rose, and Finn. So still showing how great Jess's ability is in the resistance. Honestly, I mean one of the best pilots you can get in the resistance. Right, she's up there, probably top three at least. Right, I mean Jess and Rose, those are best buddies. Finn's great, uh, Bastion's great, Kaz is good. I mean, Resistance still has a lot of good options, and there's a lot of combinations you can put together with them. Um, what is kind of cool about Resistance overall is like this is really looking like a mid-range faction right now. You know, we're we're leveraging a decent number of ships with kind of varying um, initiative and pilot abilities. Like that's yeah. kind of definition of mid-range uh, lists. And so it's nice when other factions are kind of going to the extreme that the resistance is kind of taking that middle ground. Yeah, I mean, and doing well with it too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seven seven lists in the cut. Uh, Heralds of Hope, definitely keeping the, the resistance going. All right, and then to uh, close out our conversation here, let's uh, talk about Republic representation in the top 32. All right, um, and that's it for the Republic list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. I mean, they, okay, so we've got more Republic stuff coming soon, right? Ada 2's coming out. Um, <laughs> yep, got the Edas and the V-Wings coming out. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do honestly think those actually 
both will impact the faction because obviously we've got some really great Jedi pilots coming in the A to two, and I think having that cheaper option with the V wing will also be pretty good. Yeah, I mean the Lat gunship has done a lot to help the Republic. But of course, the Republic, like they did get heart in the points update, like all the Jedi pilots that were doing well, like they all went up. It's still surprising to see zero Republic lists in the cut. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, that is the reality. So, yeah, that's the th- that's where we're at right now. So hopefully, oh, man, hopefully, I guess I'm going to have to stick with uh, First Order for now. Maybe try out some A-Wings. That sounds pretty fun, too. But, y- you know, Tim, with that attitude, that's why Republic lists don't make the cut. <laughs> No, because I'm not willing to try. It's all my fault. Absolutely. I'm just going to keep flying Lulo. I need to get that point cost up. That's right. I mean, that's what I'm going to do. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. And if you do really enjoy the show, please go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review along with a comment saying what you like about the podcast and why you think others would be interested in listening. And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash radio TCX and becoming a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already supported the show. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. It's a trap.